This is your drive time prop. 30 minutes jam-packed with the news of the day from the perspectives of truth, liberty, and justice. This is Monica Perez. And I'm Brad Binkley. Today's top story continues to be the Jeffrey Epstein case. There's plenty of other stories, but we have been noticing that these the stories that dominate the 24-7 news cycle can last a whole week, and this certainly is lasting well into this week. I've got a few uh, items that have entered the news and a few, I would say, original observations Things also that I think Binkley, we will uh, uh, certainly snap to, hopefully not be triggered by. Uh, I have actually, my, I have a question for you about the Epstein thing. Oh, yeah. It's not What's a homework that? question. It's not a knowledge question. It's just, a, does this ring a bell? So the there's news today that Epstein, uh, alleged Epstein victim or Epstein accuser, Jennifer Arias, Arios, said uh, she filed suit against him, and I'm going to ask you one question. I'm going to tell you a little more details. Have you? Do you recall hearing that name? No. Me neither. So I looked into it, and because I just immediately was like, I don't know that name, and I should know that name. And so I immediately looked into it, and I'm I am wondering what. Her purpose in this thing is I think she might be there to be debunkable or more likely ambiguous in her credibility. It's going to raise doubts that she is there for that. The number one thing, or I should, it was actually the last thing I noticed, but it's noteworthy, is she's rather gorgeous now. So Virginia Roberts, who was absolutely gorgeous, is still gorgeous but she gained some weight, so she's like heavier, which is very typical of uh, girls and women who were sexually abused. They just yeah. they gain weight. They don't want to be a sexual object. It makes them uncomfortable. So yeah. Roberts is still good looking, but but it's just incredible to me. Plus, there are pictures of her with those people in her youth, and that so you you know for sure Virginia Roberts was associated with those people. There's no such pictures of Arios. So I went into my time machine, whatever the uh, uh, the difficult to put your finger on Google time, custom time range thing, and I could not find any name of her, uh, her name anywhere in any documents until recently. And then I noticed that it said outright in one of the articles that she came forward in July on, I think it was the Today Show, with Savannah Guthrie. Who I only know who she is because she treated that MAGA hat kid so appallingly. Clearly, Savannah Guthrie takes orders, does what she's told for reasons of propaganda. Savannah Guthrie. Savannah Guthrie is a host. I think it's the Today Show, but she was the one who interviewed the MAGA hat kid. Remember? Okay. Yeah. The MAGA hat kid came out and did a media interview with Savannah Guthrie, and she was like such a jerk to him. She's like, don't you think by just not moving, you were provoking that guy who was all up in your face? And he said, no, I didn't want to walk away from him because it would be disrespectful. And she's like, asshole, you know, or what? You know, like she just, (laughs) she just doesn't even snap to the fact that the kid is answering her question with sincerity. So I, that's it for me and her, my opinion of her until there's a reason to reform it. So this chick. Uh, Arios comes out on the Savannah Guthrie show. She also wrote a New York Times opinion piece on why she came out. You know, I mean, this is the kind of thing I don't, I don't, 
Brad, Brad Edwards is not in the story because Arios is, is a New York victim speaking specifically about New York stuff. And in my mind, they're staying away from the Florida stuff because that's where the plea agreement was. That's where the evidence already exists. I mean, you could just crack that case open. If you decided to peel away that plea agreement, you wouldn't need to do what he said, she said. You wouldn't need to adjudicate it. There'd be nothing. So I just have the feeling that this chick's story is going to be rife with uh, ambiguity at best. Yeah, and there's a couple of other things that came out about Epstein, just to keep people in the loop news-wise. The guard, a couple of the guards who were there were placed on administrative leave. The warden was temporarily reassigned by Barr. Again, like that kind of ambiguous sounds wimpy. Does that satisfy anybody? I don't know. There's uh, uh, reports that guards were falsifying logs in the Epstein prison. And of course, the the reports that he wasn't being checked on every half an hour and he was alone in his cell, all these things supposedly against protocol. Again, a lot of uh, conflicting information on that. And one of the guards allegedly we talked about yesterday was not even a trained guard. Well, this, yes, you pointed that out. I haven't come across it in the headlines today, but it makes sense with what I'm seeing as an overarching multitask element, which is I have noticed since since the new there was a couple of years ago, there was a prison break in upstate New York. The guys were on the run and their story, how they sweet talked somebody who worked in the infirmary, a nurse, I think. And that's how they made their break. And a lot of the elements were similar to a show I was watching at the time in reruns. So it wasn't about like the prison break. Yeah, the show was called Prison Break, and there was an actual prison break in New York yeah. that shared elements of the underlying story of the show Prison Break. And yeah. I predicted at that time that that was the launch of a PSYOP, of an operation. And then I highlighted that there were many, many stories about prison breaks that unfolded in the months to follow, but that story kind of went dormant. Now... There uh, are a few things that have popped up in surrounding the Epstein case. So I feel like the Epstein case is multitasking in a few ways. One of them is going to be prison reform. And yeah. I and the and there were a couple of other stories then that made me realize that. First of all, somebody posted on the pool, press pool on thepropreport.com. We need prison reform, which I agree with. Of course, we're not going to get what we need because it's uh if there's it's just a money maker you'll get you'll make it they'll make it worse they'll make it like and i i'm i'm for private stuff not privatized stuff privatized stuff is like fascism where the the government requires that this one like all a company's revenue coming from the government to me is not a private entity it's a it's a monopoly it's a course of it's mandated you know i'm not a fan of that it's rife with corruption uh, I, I could tell you, I could go into that at length, but I won't. So the, so the other places where I've seen this was today was a story from New Zealand, the New Zealand shooter, mosque shooter, uh, posted, wrote a letter that was posted on 4chan and the corrections minister said, this will never happen again. So, so you're hearing like problems with prisons all, all around. And then I tweeted at you a tweet that you had already kind of were in the loop on, but I had a, com a comment about it. So she said, 
Uh, did you see this tweet? It was from Eileen Spiegler. It says, note that at JKB Journalist and at Miami Herald, which led the way in revolving, reviving the Epstein case, so that's, that must be Julie K. Brown, also broke the stories of abuse in Florida jails and prisons. So, so right, here we have That's why they to... chose her. Oh, really? Yeah, that's part of the Google News Initiative is they, wanna, they want the sources to come from authoritative sources who have a history in doing work in that, in that uh, kind of area because it gives off uh, – it makes them seem more authoritative and more trustworthy because I, I, I had found that out about, that, about her doing that a while ago, and that didn't even dawn on me when it comes to that tweet. I saw that tweet yesterday, but that's, that's why she's the one who was investigating okay, but, the story. But this adds to my opinion that this Jeffrey Epstein psyop was constructed at least a year ago before the Miami Herald stories because this dovetail of prison irregularities, prison reform, all that stuff – I don't think was clear, certainly wasn't clear to me until this week. So so the fact that Julie K. Brown, that was her specialty, foreshadows that that is a parallel objective, I think. Yeah, yeah, I think that you might be right on that. There's definitely a lot of that. That's become the central focus of it is the problems that emerged from this prison, even though they were all known previously. Yes, yes. So it seems like an agenda to me, which I had already been watching out for that particular agenda. And then just as a funny little um, aside in the same tweet, it says, you cannot overestimate the importance of local regional journalism enforcing accountability. Yeah, there you go. It's controlled <laughs> you know, by the top and Google. Yes. Yeah, so, so she so, I mean, those are the themes here. Like, so if you needed your, your dots connected there, there you have them. So all, I think all that stuff is coming together. And then I just saw a headline. I didn't even get to click on it. It said, um, journalist who revealed, who, who led to Epstein rearrest demands answers. So I think, uh, Julie K. Brown is going to have act two coming up soon. Well, she needs a media coach because she can hardly answer basic questions about the actual case when she's on air. Well, maybe she's getting better. I mean, I've noticed that these guys do get better. They can. Speaking of which, I want to, and then I, then you take your whatever you think is most important in the news today. But that Chris Cuomo thing, I, the way it's really taken off, I would have, and even like the fact that the guy who provoked him was kind of a provocateur, uh, I would have wondered if he, if that whole thing was an act, except for he is such a bad actor. That I, I just can't believe he could act that well. He's so awful, even at the Oh, it looks authentic to me. Yeah, it does. It looks authentic to me, and he could never make it look authentic, in my opinion, if it were Yeah, I would action. agree about that. In which case, that doesn't mean it wasn't a setup with a plan. It's just that he wasn't in on it, in my opinion. In yeah, it was, it was an activist, and maybe that activist was working with somebody or just trying to help himself either way. But, yeah, he was definitely provoked. I mean, he looks like a guy who's easy easy to provoke to me. Yeah, I, I, I've found it real. Okay, so uh, what what you got? I have one here from Digital Trends. Okay, great. Now our smart speakers can attack us with harmful sounds. If you were at all spooked by the recent news that teams of humans may be listening to your smart speaker interactions, then this revelation may cause you to eye your device with renewed suspicion. Why? Because it appears that many of today's Wi-Fi and Bluetooth-connected speakers have the potential to attack us with harmful sounds. 
The news comes courtesy of a Price Waterhouse Cooper security researcher, Matt Wixie, who said that many types of speakers, not only standalone smart speakers, can be turned into low-grade cyber weapons with relative ease. He goes on to say, Wixley told Wired that with the world becoming increasingly connected, acoustic cyber weapon attacks could potentially be done at a much larger scale using something like sound systems at arenas or commercial PA systems in office buildings. So your Alexa could be turned into a cybersonic weapon that blows your ears out. Maybe your eyes. I'm in the middle of reading something I want to bring to the propaganda report this week, which is how uh, electro magnetic weaponry is now a function of psyops and propaganda warfare. And this was from 20 years ago. And they talk about their capacity to do deep fakes and all this kind of stuff. It's amazing. So I want to bring that. And I I tweeted something to you about, about the kid who was, uh, uh, she was tweeting. What was the thing she was tweeting from like the refrigerator or something? Oh, Did you see I don't that? know. I didn't, I didn't it see says that. LG, from the fridge? Yeah, it says LG smart refrigerator used for tweeting by teen whose mom banned electronics. It reminded me of you because you're like, they can always get around it. Yeah, that's that's a clever one. That's, that's yeah, that's a good one. I mean, it's terrifying, but it's hilarious. Yeah. So, uh, okay, just I think it's important to point out that the that stocks – are basically in free fall as we speak. Maybe they'll bounce or halt that or maybe have a little bounce. And now they're saying it's because of the yield curve inversion and stagnating economics around the world and geopolitical tension. Prior to today, they were just talking about trade, but I think they accomplished their mission because as I went to Twitter to see what was trending, the top trend at that moment was hashtag Trump recession. Oh, wow. So that really harkens back to Dean's first tweet of the, after the Trump election. He is yeah, here I to see oversee. that right now trending, still trending. Yeah. So they're definitely blaming that on him. Yeah. Well, uh, speaking yeah, of that, uh, here's, yeah. here's a headline for you. Coming soon, a documentary about why Trump is psychologically unfit to be president. Hashtag unfit. It's the title of the film. And well, that that can go with the impeachment thing, the Twenty Fifth Amendment, is it? Where? Yeah, that's the one they call. That's in the Rolodex of issues they roll out every now and then. This yep. one says that Dr. John Gartner, the clinical psychologist who started the Duty to Warn group, teamed with two experienced Hollywood filmmakers and has been working on a Kickstarter-funded documentary featuring top mental health experts explaining why Donald Trump's psychopathy makes him not only unfit but dangerous to be our president. What's that guy's name? I feel like I've heard his name before. The professor? John Gartner. Okay. Um, you know, the person who is who was sent in by Epstein's team, this made me think of that, to watch over the autopsy. Um, he's the same guy who did the autopsy on JFK and Michael Brown. What? Yeah. That's ridiculous. He's the one who confirmed the magic bullet theory. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> my word. He's a celebrity uh, autopsy guy. Yeah, he must be old as the hills. Well, I'll tell you that Kate Steinle case, they brought in a literal celebrity ME, a guy who had a TV show right before the thing. It was so screwy. I, we've yeah. gone into that at length. This I guy mean, had a TV show too. Really? How old is he? He must be old as he's the hills. He's pretty old. I think he's in his 80s. He has to be. He would have to be. I mean, he, you'd assume he'd have to be 30 even to be a doctor in 1963. Yeah. So he'd have to be 
in his mid to late 80s at the absolute youngest. But hey, isn't the judge that Dean just tweeted at us, the judge that died who was on the Epstein case was 96? Jeez. Yeah. And and I don't know if it was the same judge, but there was another judge who died on a on a famous case. I don't know if it was Cosby or Epstein, but I just noticed like another super, super old judge a couple of months ago, I thought, or last year, was also just died in the middle of the case. So, well, I have to investigate that one. So, uh, okay. So another thing I, I did notice with the fact that Epstein is just absolutely dominating the news. And I had thought that the only, the, the main events for El Paso and Dayton's kind of policy agenda items was strictly background checks and red flag laws. But they, it says assault bans, assault weapon bans pick up steam in Congress. So that's a, just a little headline just throw away headlines. So maybe they'll do that the way they got rid of the Obamacare mandate. Remember, there was like no fanfare at all yeah. on that. Kind of and I it in there. Yeah. And I think they just did that because they know that the ultimate consequence of that will probably be universal health care because like the system will collapse if you don't have the, the reason for the mandate was that healthy people who do not need insurance would pay into the system to pay for unhealthy people whose whose insurance they wouldn't be able to get insurance because they're already it's an it's not insurance it's medical care. So by taking away the mandate you really have to kind of collapse the system and I think that's why they slipped that in with this. I mean they can just slip stuff in. It's just weird the media the media doesn't cover it. it just slips in. Fox is not watching right, your it's back. The agenda setting theory. The the and, media sets the agenda of what's on top of people's minds and the other stuff slips through without people recognizing it. Yeah, and they'll probably use the NRA's distraction right now as an excuse for why the NRA isn't making it news. Because one of the headlines in the, for a few days now, and it definitely started last week at least, and maybe is an even older case, but it's making it's actually in the blurb on the front page of like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight stories in the. Uh, in the Wall Street Journal front page worldwide, like these are the eight top stories in the world, non-business stories. It says a top NRA executive signed a document agreeing that the organization would be 99% owner of a company formed to buy a Dallas mansion for LaPierre, who's the, their chief. That's a scandal that's been going on. And I wondered what the purpose was, why it was in the news right now. And my guess is they'll say, well, the NRA is asleep right now because they're distracted by this guy's personal scandal. And in, and just for people who are listening GOA, the Gun Owners of America, Pratt, is, I think, legit. I think the NRA has been infiltrated or compromised or whatever, but they're not the they're not the ones. And there's a lot of news about how their membership is leaving in droves and people don't like it because 80% of their members go for background checks. I mean, background checks is a gun registry. There's no way they're leaving for that reason or that they're in favor of it. No way. If they're leaving, and I believe they are, it's because the NRA is becoming a sham and they're probably just going over to GOA. I wouldn't be surprised if the membership is 100% correlated with the loss of membership at the NRA and that nobody in the GOA is for background checks. So there's my two cents on that. <laughs> <laughs> I have a pretty interesting one here. DARPA drones surround Mock City Hall as part of autonomous swarming demonstration. Wait, you got to read that again. 
DARPA, DARPA, which is the Defense Research Project, yeah. Defense Agency, yeah. DARPA drones yep. surround Mock City Hall as part of autonomous swarming demonstration. Small unmanned aircrafts are already more than bit players in military operations, and when they're able to work together, they could bring even more to the table. One of the many research groups investigating such possibilities is the team behind DARPA's Offensive Swarm Enabled Tactics Offset Program, whose latest demonstration illustrates how fleets of unmanned aircrafts can be used to secure important buildings in urban environments. When it comes to military operations, researchers hope to expand on the surveillance abilities of singular drones by having them share intel with one another in the air and with human operations on the ground. And then it talks about their latest demonstration. It says the exercise took place at a DARPA training facility in Georgia arranged to resemble an urban area of around two city blocks. Tasks for flying the robots, including isolating a mock city hall building and then securing the area, hovering in proximity and keeping watch over the streets with flights lasting up to 30 minutes apiece. And then you still look at the picture and there's literally – Little drones swarmed around a building like it's cut right out of Black Mirror. Yeah, that's exactly what it sounds like. It's the perfect surveillance net or web. But I just want to make a point about like how when I see these stories coming out of Georgia or Texas, places where I've lived and as a New Yorker was in the beginning like amazed that everybody isn't a Democrat. And I'm I'm not a Democrat, but I and then I realized like the difference between Republicans and libertarians and traditional conservatives and neoconservatives and I realized there is a Republican Party full of people, but they don't all share the same ideology. But when I look at how Ossoff or Abrams or those or even like um, the film industry or when you look at the Carolinas, issues like transgender bathrooms and how Target was, you know, how they have political agendas. I, I just want to take one quick step back and say that the that this is evidence that our government is not govern. It's not self-governance. They are telling us. They are setting. I, I know this is. Everybody knows this, but just to isolate the thought for a moment, they have their. They want something. They want the society to be structured in a certain way. They want government to have certain power, whatever. And what they do is they bring in outside influences, cultural influences, global corporations, international film. Uh, they bring that stuff into these regions that had a different politic, different political bent before they were targeted by outsiders. So regardless yeah, like of what you think. part of the cultural yeah. war, I think. Yeah, I'm saying – I know it's obvious. I'm just saying it's – I think it's worthwhile – just stopping down for a second and recognizing that this is not government of, for, and by the people. It is, it is a, it is a social, it is a political, maybe it's a power thing, whatever, but it is, it is the, they are shaping it from above and without. Yeah. And you can see that more than anything right now in Georgia. That's what I'm saying. Georgia and Texas yeah. were, it's just Georgia, especially right because of Stacey Abrams, they're trying to flip it. Ossoff film. I mean, that's that's what they're doing. And I, I just I just think it's people should realize like this is not a left versus right thing. It's not Democrat versus Republican thing. It's not Republic versus democracy. It's not representative. It's manipulative. 
and they are right. So you know, what is the nature of this government? Just like put that in your brain. It's it's illegitimate in my. I I think that story demonstrates that it's illegitimate. You got one? Oh uh, yeah, I I have this. Um, the Democrats are going. I invented this term, Trumpistic against corporate <laughs> media corporate media so the headline is oh yeah democrats adopting trump style uh in their rants against the media and bernie sanders were quoting as saying corporate media not fake news whatever but corporate media and uh now everybody is going to be able to champion fairness doctrine and they're just going to want to argue about the details but they're going to want regulation this is out of control the media is too political so let's by all means subsume it into a political body yeah bernie sanders has been the one leading the way on that at least recently aoc a while ago and we pointed this out when we were talking about how she's the Trump of the left, she's made very similar attacks on the Washington Post and other news outlets she's, that sound just like Trump's attacks on them. And and it's probably good to note that – or noteworthy that there have been a lot of media mergers lately or at least a couple yep. that have come to my attention. Gannett and that other local newspaper provider, which to me I cannot believe doesn't violate antitrust. They must say because it's different regions. And CBS and Viacom have reunited. That's major. So we're seeing a consolidation at the top. We're seeing collusion between the, those people and big tech. Uh, and obviously I think the writing's on the wall. Yes, they are all colluding. They are trying to snuff out the little guy by pretending to be the little guy. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, exactly. They're controlled opposition. They're they're um, taking the place of yeah. the actual independent media. I got one to look out for this weekend. Portland, Oregon braces for far right rally and counter protest. They always call it the counter protest as opposed <laughs> to Antifa. Portland police are mobilizing to prevent clashes between out-of-state far-right groups planning a rally here and the homegrown anti-fascists who oppose them as America's cultural wars seep into this progressive haven. Wait, Saturday, where did the right wing come from? What was the first part of that? It just says out-of-state far-right out groups. Out-of-state, yeah. Oh, yeah. that's perfect. That's there right you in, go, yeah. Oh, it's, but in. it's out-of-state far-right agents provocateur provided by the left, no doubt. I believe some of the people involved were involved in organizing – the original Charlottesville rally. This says Saturday's rally and the violence it may bring are a relatively new reality here in Portland as an informal coalition of white nationalists, white supremacists, and extreme right militants hones its focus on Oregon's largest city as a stand-in for everything it feels is wrong with the United States. At the top of that list are the masked and black-clad anti-fascists who turn out to violently oppose right-wing demonstrators as soon as they set foot in the town. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> we are we are standing ready to be provoked. Provocateurs, enter. <laughs> yeah, listen to this. It says the groups know they will get a headline-grabbing reaction from Portland's so-called Antifa, so-called <laughs> Antifa, whose members have issued an online call to their followers to turn out to defend Portland from a far-right attack. Uh, Portland's Rose City Antifa, the nation's oldest active anti-fascist group – they just said so-called Antifa. Then they introduced the oldest – the nation's oldest anti-fascist group – says violence against right-wing demonstrators is exactly what should happen when the far right attempts to invade our town. Oh, my gosh. Well, I mean the, we'll this – 
uh, I think it's important to have on your radar, although I do not think it's, I think it's a more serious situation than Hong Kong, yet I don't think it's getting any news, is that, uh, have you heard, let's see if you, if it's crossed your path, what's happening in India right now? I have not. Okay. India is in a toe-to-toe battle, I guess, uh, with Pakistan. They refuse to recognize Kashmir, which is a Himalayan mountain state, as independent. They put uh, soldiers in there, and India and Pakistan are both nuclear powers. So seems to me that they would not go down that path, especially since they're neighbors to each other. And that nuclear weapons have a far-reaching impact. And perhaps it's an opportunity to see if Tesla was right, that the super weapon is a great equalizer, is a great peacemaker. I don't know. I just I oh, think it's wow. interesting to see how it unfolds. And, uh, and Iran may play a role in it, too. I, you know, it's hard to get the – it's hard to know what's, what the real stories are, but I think it is a very major story that we are not covering. It feels like a lot of things are going on internationally that are starting to rise to the top hmm. of the public mind to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Hong Kong, Iran, of course. Russia protests as well. Yeah. Yes, uh, Russia, plus their weird nuclear event. Yeah. And they're evacuating people there, apparently, according to, I think, the journal. Then this India thing. Yeah, I mean, even France. I mean, maybe that'll resurge. And the Brexit yeah. They still want Boris Johnson to do Brexit, even if it's a hard Brexit. That's what I'm reading. So that sounds controversial. What's happening? Argentina is uh, buckling up because for the return of Peronistas, of course, Venezuela. Mexico has this new guy who's making the scene by echoing Chavez. And I, I wonder if we're mirroring Chavez. JJ, thanks for that. Uh, then I wonder if I've been wondering if he's for real, like not an American puppet for once, or if he's just convincing his people that, you know, I just don't know what's going on with that. But you're right. Like significant stuff is happening. Didn't even Japan have a little bit of a problem recently? I don't know. I don't remember specifically what it was, but I do recall them being in the news. Yeah. So, yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Scary. They're Um, putting it at the top of. Our minds, we usually they fill our minds with more, even though we still have the petty domestic stuff. They're mixing some of the petty domestic stuff with some of this international stuff. Or, yes, and I, I, I think that's probably right. And it's the um, maybe the intention is to start building up the tension for war, or it is just actually bubbling over. And yeah. it's, you know, so, but the, I would say because of the French people telling me that it was exaggerated. Maybe yeah, yeah. maybe your take is the right one. I think also it can be used for the candidates as the d- these debates come up. These can be talking points that the candidates use, and th- for in order to have positions on these international events, they have to thrust them into the public mind first, so yeah. then the public can care about them while the candidates are talking about them. The foreign stuff, though, I just. I think those days are over. I think people, only from my experience on the radio, you start talking about that stuff and you don't get any calls. It's just like crickets. I'm not not saying people aren't interested in the facts. They are important, especially if the news is coming to the surface like ISIS or Crimea. They want to hear about it, but 
beyond that, it's it's rather a stretch. But the Hong Kong thing, for example, is getting a lot of press. That would be something people would register, I think. Yeah, and we're seeing parallel type of protests. We've already seen some parallel type of protests over here. Oh, really? Yeah, with the sit-ins at the Amazon because of their work with ICE. Mm-hmm. Similar mm-hmm. to the airport sit-ins. Yes, got it. I, okay, good, yeah. Does that wrap it up? That wraps it up. I've got a few, but I'm going to save them for tomorrow. All right. Well, you guys can find your drive time prop every single day at thepropreport.com or your favorite podcasting platform at 4 p.m. That's every day at 4 p.m. We'll talk to you guys later.